0: Every day, sports happens. It never stops, and neither do we. Get the expert perspectives you need, strategies, and vital information you won't get anywhere else. You're listening to the home of the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM.
1: hour number two right here on the morning after on a wednesday morning all across the sports grid network in sirius xm channel 159 sports grid radio i'm your host ben stevens taking you up until noon eastern time and in this 10 a.m eastern hour we will have a look ahead to the weekend in college football a news segment we are starting here thanks to our good friend kevin walsh who is not only a very talented host but a producer of sorts as well my favorite five power five conference matchups this upcoming weekend in the college football slate then some more CFP talk with Josh Graham a good friend of the show a radio host down there in the triad in Winston-Salem North Carolina to give his thoughts on the CFP rankings the first iteration of them that were released last night and looking ahead to some huge ACC games this upcoming weekend as well and then rounding out our second hour Tom Vecchio from FanDuel joins with some of his daily prop plays and things to know heading into this weekend in the national football league breaking news as you just heard from alex fasano during that sports grid news update michael thomas of the new orleans saints will miss the rest of this season a blow for a saints team after a huge upset win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this past Sunday. They lost Jameis Winston for the year due to a torn ACL, and now Michael Thomas recovering from ankle surgery will be out for the remainder of the year as well. Breaking news in this morning in the NFL. Of course, there was some discussion in the offseason about when Michael Thomas elected to have this surgery and what that would mean for his chances of returning to the field this year for the Saints so Michael Thomas breaking news this morning will miss the rest of the year for New Orleans who is minus 340 right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook to make the NFC postseason they will have to do so without Jameis Winston and their leading wide receiver for many years in that organization Michael Thomas but now we focus on the hardwood, and some action in the association last night in the early going of this NBA season. Maybe the best team so far in the NBA, or at least record-wise, and showing that on a nightly basis in the NBA, the Miami Heat. Another great performance last night on the road against the Dallas Mavericks. Down early in this game, Miami rallied and rallied in a big way, beating the Mavs by fifth points 125 110 on the road in Dallas Texas last night the line actually worked in Miami's favor I saw it earlier in the day the heat laying two on the road it got all the way up to the heat laying three by the time we got to tip last night in Dallas not only do they win they still cover that three-point spread as well now they are tied at the top of the eastern conference standings with the Chicago Bulls at a six and one straight up number also both of those teams the Bulls and the Heat Six and one against the spread. But Miami has the best cover margin in the NBA, covering by an average of 13.6 points per game on a nightly basis throughout the association. So Miami has won five straight games. They have played two of those five games to the straight of the over. So two straight overs for the heat as well a great offensive night for bam Adebayo for the miami heat yesterday 22 points 13 rebounds jimmy butler led all scores for the miami heat with 23 points Luka Doncic, a game high 33 points on the other side for the dallas mavericks but not enough to knock off the heat at home the heat winning on the road 125 110 they have won five straight games they are six and one straight up six and one against the spread covering by an nba best 13.6 points per game so the heat off to a hot get it start to this season in the NBA on the other side in the other conference the Utah Jazz also off to a sparkling start and they took care of business last night at home beating the Sacramento Kings 119-113 as we welcome in our sports grid radio audience here to the second hour of the morning after you are listening on Sirius XM channel 159 now a new home for sports grid radio and the mightier 1090 out on the west coast I'm your host, Ben Stevens. The Utah Jazz improving to 6-1 straight up this year. A perfect 3-0 at home in Salt Lake. Beating the Sacramento Kings last night, 119-113. Donovan Mitchell spied a, a huge game yesterday. Donovan Mitchell going for a game-high 36 points. Mike Conley added in 33 points in that starting rotation for Utah. And then Rudy Gobert continuing to do what he does best. 12 points. 12 points. 20 boards last night against the Kings. Utah did not cover a 9.5-point spread at home against the Sacramento Kings, but the Jazz still 5-2 and two against the spread this year. 2-1 and one ATS at home, a perfect 3-0 straight up at home in Salt Lake this year, though, for the Utah Jazz. So the Utah Jazz played an over last night against the Sacramento Kings, only the second over for Utah so far this season as we look at the NBA board right now in some games coming up this evening a couple of good ones the Atlanta Hawks in action in Brooklyn tonight against the Brooklyn Nets the Nets currently laying five points at home the over under total there 220 one thing to know about the Brooklyn Nets so far this year they had totals booked in the 230s even the low 240s through a good duration of the regular season last year in the NBA so far six games for the Nets All six games to the under. And then how about those Chicago Bulls? Off to a wonderful start so far this season. Six and one straight up. Six and one ATS. On the road tonight in the city of brotherly love. Taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. The Bulls getting two points as the road underdogs in Philly tonight. The over-under total there, 216. We got some reports out of Philly yesterday that Ben Simmons, who is taking a mental health break as he states from the Philadelphia 76ers, will not cooperate with the Sixers training staff and use their judgment and their guidance and any of these mental health issues he might be dealing with. So news around the association and a recap around the association as well. A new segment on the other side of the break. My five favorite Power Five conference matchups for the weekend in college football. The ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, and Pac-12. That's all coming up next here on The Grid. Stay with us on the morning after right
2: here on The Grid.
1: Back here on the morning after on SportsGrid Sirius XM channel 159, a new home for Sports Grid Radio and all across the Sports Grid network. I am your host, Ben Stevens, a new segment debuting right now on the morning after. You know that I am a huge college football fan. We are looking forward to this weekend slate across the country in college football by having my five favorites. Power Five Conference matchups, going through all of them in alphabetical order, beginning with the ACC and ending with the SEC. I'm going to try to go through this as fast as possible because I have so much to say about each and every one of these matchups, so hopefully I can get all five in. Start the clock right now. we got about nine minutes and 22 seconds, give or take, and we begin in the Atlantic Coast Conference with a game that will show us a lot about the number nine team in the first CFP rankings, Wake forest because everything is ahead for unbeaten wake forest right now and we will learn a lot about the metal of the demon Deeks in the next upcoming three weeks it starts with north carolina on saturday the tar heels right now a two and a half point home favorite in chapel hill the over under total all the way up right now to 76 and a half it opened at 75 and a hook now it's already up by one point early in this week to 76 and a half like i mentioned wake forest ranked In the top 10 in the first CFP rankings, but they are just 4-4 and against the spread this year. They've only been booked as an underdog once so far this season. They not only covered as a a 3.5-point dog against Virginia, they won that game outright. 37 to 17 unc on the other hand just three and five ats this year they have been a favorite in every game except this past weekend against notre dame in which the tar heels lost by double digits the largest total from an over under perspective for both of these teams entering saturday's matchup the tar heels have played five of their eight games to the over this year wake forest despite playing in a game where it was a final score of 70 to 56 Against a service academy in Army has played five of their eight games so far to the under. Wake gives up about 25 points per game to their opponent. UNC ranks near the bottom half of college football in terms of scoring defense, 89th. Out of 130 FBS teams in college football, giving up nearly 31 points per game to their opponents. So as we preview my five favorite Power Five conference matchups, we give you all the trends and all the statistics you need to know before placing a wager for this upcoming Saturday. Like I mentioned, this is a game to show us what we really need to know about the demon deacons maybe their best win of the year so far on the road against syracuse in overtime in the carrier dome maybe that game they were an underdog against uva the ranked ninth in the first cfp rankings of this season but this is where it gets difficult for wake forest beginning this week on the road in chapel hill against north carolina then a matchup against nc state and then against clemson the following week after that they are plus 350 right now are the wake forest demon deacons with the second shortest odds to win the atlantic coast conference here's where we will know exactly how wake looks starting in this three week span if they can make a march to the acc conference championship potentially a path to a college football playoff spot. Josh Graham joins us in the next segment coming up. He will talk a lot about these Wake Forest Demon Deacons and their outlook not only for the ACC but for the CFP following the initial rankings of the year as well. So as we move on, in alphabetical order, we go to the Big Ten Conference, the number three team in the country, the Michigan State Spartans, on the road this week in West Lafayette taking on the Purdue Boilermakers. Also a small number of two and a half in favor of Michigan State, but a short number for the number three team in the country. The over-under, 54 and a half. So Michigan State ranked in the top four yesterday in the first CFP poll at number three. But the betting markets don't think as fondly of Michigan State as the committee might at this point. Michigan State still plus 1040 to make the college football playoff, they are ten to one to win the Big Ten Conference Championship. They are eighty to one to win the national championship right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and they're only a two and a half point favorite, albeit on the road, but against a Purdue Boilermakers side. Now, Michigan State so far this year a perfect eight and zero straight up, unbeaten. Straight up against that number so far this year. And one of just three teams remaining in college football with a single loss against the spread. MSU, 6-1-1, ATS this year. Only UTSA, or excuse me, only Syracuse and another team that is missing my mind at the moment are those other three teams that only have one single loss against the spread right now. But Michigan State, 6-1-1, ATS this year. Purdue has been an underdog four times this season. They have covered in two, both of them coming on the road at Iowa and at Nebraska when Purdue covered as a a 7.5-point dog, winning outright against the Huskers this past week. They also won outright against Iowa as an 11.5-point underdog a couple of weekends ago. But both of those games on the road which is an interesting dichotomy heading to Ross-Ade Stadium this weekend in West Lafayette. But here's where the matchup perspective might actually also favor the Boilermakers. They have the third-best passing offense in the Big Ten Conference, averaging more than 307 passing yards per game. Michigan State has by far the worst passing defense in the Big Ten Conference, giving up over 300 yards per game. But on the other side, the Boilermakers, who have a good scoring defense defense, Do give up chunks of yardage on the ground. Nearly allowing 140 rushing yards per game. They've given up 10 rushing touchdowns so far this year. Who's on the other side for Sparty? Oh yeah. One of the Heisman favorites right now in Kenneth Walker III. Tied for the third shortest odds to win the Heisman Trophy at plus 600 right now. Kenneth Walker III is the leading rusher in terms of yards per game average this year. 149.3 rushing yards per game for K-9 for Heisman. Also has 14 rushing touchdowns this year. Five of them coming last week in the huge win over Michigan maybe that layover and that leftover spot now for Michigan State is why this game is seen as only a two and a half point spread against Purdue all right here we go next game up in the Big 12 Oklahoma State also ranked number 11 right now in the first CFP poll on the road against West Virginia this week again A common theme through these first three games just a two and a half point spread for the ranked team visiting the unranked team on the road this week against West Virginia. This over under total, 49 and a half. Oklahoma State this year, seven and one straight up, six and two against the spread, three and two as a favorite against the number. West Virginia, five and three against the number this year, but three and one as an underdog so far this season, covering by more than five and a half points per game on average West Virginia who has been inconsistent at times likes to be in this underdog scenario West Virginia has been a dog in their last three games they have covered in the last two games as an underdog against TCU and against Iowa State so as we continue to go here only two minutes left we go to the Pac-12 a huge game there for Oregon who ranks fourth In the first CFP poll of the year, Oregon laying six and a half on the road against their Pac-12 North divisional foes in the Washington Huskies. The over-under total, 51 and a half. Oregon so far this year, the key metric to know, 0 and 6 against the spread as a favorite so far this year. Not covering by more than a touchdown on average per game. Oregon the favorites to win the Pac-12 at even money, plus 100. Washington the third shortest odds to win the Pac-12 at 12 to 1. But Washington just 4-4 four four straight up this year, 3-2 and two against the spread. They've beaten their last two Pac-12 opponents by only an average margin of six. Finally, a game in the SEC, including at least one SEC team. Ole Miss this week hosts Liberty. They are laying 10 and a half right now on that spread against liberty the over under total 68 and a half but here is why this game is awesome it is a potential matchup between the potential top two quarterbacks taken in the 2022 nfl draft malik willis for liberty and matt corral for ole miss matt corral tied for the third shortest heisman odds with kenneth walker the third at plus 600. malik willis is the leading rusher in college football at the quarterback position, running for 684 yards so far this year. Also, the seventh-highest-rated passer is Malik Willis in all of college football. Again, Liberty getting 10-and-a-half on the road against Ole Miss. That over-under total, 68-and-a-half. Three of the nine games for Liberty this year, hitting the under. This is the highest total for Liberty entering this weekend. A potential matchup between the two potential top quarterbacks taken in this upcoming NFL draft. Malik Willis for Liberty, and for Ole Miss, it's Matt Corral. Josh Graham joins us next. More CFP rankings reaction and ACC insight.
2: That's next.
1: You wanted college football playoff rankings reaction on the morning after. Well, you got it right here on the Sports Grid Network, Sirius XM channel 159. I'm your host, Ben Stevens, and now very pleased to be joined by a great friend of this program. It is Josh Graham, a radio host down there in the triad in North Carolina for WSJS Sports Radio. Josh, we need your ACC insight today. Not only looking forward to a hugely impactful weekend in the conference, but also your takeaways from the first iteration of the college football playoff rankings, the first ones of this season. First and foremost, welcome back to the show here on The Morning After. Great to have you join us on this Wednesday.
0: Ben, uh, not a lot going on. I mean, the playoff (laughs) rankings, we got the World Series last night, the NFL, NBA, NHL, and the Bachelorette, man, Michelle, dealing with a lot of stuff
1: and josh next week college basketball so michelle who was a former if i'm not mistaken college basketball player during her collegiate days all of that tying together yeah hey your bachelorette insight for the morning after after dark and we'll get that later in the afternoon but we focus right now on the college football playoff rankings wake forest a team you cover very very closely checks in at number nine in the initial rankings of this year? Where did you think Wake Forest was going to be? What do you make of where the selection committee placed them in these first rankings?
0: I was dead wrong about Wake Forest in the preseason. I thought the Demon Deacons were losing Carlos Boogie Basham, who was a second-round pick, Kenneth Walker, who right now has the Mm. fourth or fifth best Heisman odds to Michigan State, and we're seeing how good of a back he is. I thought that was too much for Wake Forest to try and shoulder and replace, but Dave Clawson on the wings of having about a dozen sixth-year seniors on this team, week in, week out, they're approaching this like a pro team, one and O each week, and they're and they're showing us like if you think Wake Forest is just this random aberration and a crazy year, no. When college football last year decided that they were not going to have last year count against eligibility. A school like Wake Forest benefited who red shirts its entire class when they bring them in so that they can win with fifth-year seniors year in, year out. So when you're talking about the most experienced teams in college football, you're looking at Cincinnati, you're looking at Wake Forest, and it shouldn't be a shock that those are teams right now currently ranked in the top ten.
1: Josh, were you okay with number nine? Did you think the Demon Deacons would be higher than that in this first CFP rankings, or is it good that they're in the top ten at the moment? I probably would have put
0: them at number eight, but nine's not so bad. I was actually more concerned they were going to get the disrespectful BYU-Coastal Carolina treatment because of the out-of-conference schedule and the way that the ACC has been disrespected by this committee in the past. But since NC State Director of Athletics, Boo Corrigan, and another AD that went to NC State, Charlie Cobb, is among the 13 on the committee... I think the ACC is getting a fair shake. That's why NC State's in the top 25, and my Pitt Panthers are in the top 25 as well, even though they're not in the AP poll. And I think it's why Wake Forest is ranked in the top 10. Given how crazy of a year this has been, I would be absolutely stunned if Wake Forest runs the table and does not get it to the playoff. I think they have control of their own destiny. It's still a big mm. if, if you finish unbeaten, But I do think if Wake Forest runs the table, it would be incredibly difficult for the committee to leave them out.
1: The Deacs plus 350 right now with the second shortest odds to win the ACC Conference Championship on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Your Pitt Panthers still the favorites coming out of the Coastal at plus 120. NC State, another team ranked in the first CFP poll, plus 400 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So as you look at the ACC, Josh, heading into this final month of the regular season, what do you make of these odds to win the Conference Championship?
0: I think Wake Forest, should be the favorite not pittsburgh to win the acc at this point because when i look at their schedule i don't see another acc loss on it this weekend they're playing north carolina that's the scariest game remaining and this is going to sound crazy to everybody in your audience that might not follow the acc closely this is a non-conference game between wake forest and north carolina saturday at noon that is not me misspeaking you're right, North Carolina and Wake is in the same conference, but this is a non-conference game being played on Saturday. That, I believe, because of how similar the styles of play are and how North Carolina could score with Wake, from a college football playoff discussion, that might be their biggest fear, their, their most difficult spot, stopping them from finishing the regular season unbeaten. But after that, NC State has not looked good on the road, at Mississippi State and at Miami we'll see what they do in Tallahassee this weekend they're going to Winston-Salem which has been a house of horrors for them in the past I think Wake should have no problem there we've all seen what Clemson's offense isn't this year and I don't think they can hang with Wake I mean how many points would it take Wake to win that game 25 30 I think they get to that mark and Boston College has completely fallen apart since Phil Dracovic their starting quarterback went down so I like their chances to get to the championship game best, and I think they're the best team in the league. So the fact that you're getting the second best odds with Wake Forest, a little surprising to me. I think there's some value there.
1: Yeah, I was surprised, frankly, to still see Pittsburgh at the top of the ACC board following the upset loss to Miami this past weekend. The Panthers were minus 140 to win the ACC, entering this last Saturday against the Canes. But then they lost at home in Pittsburgh. I thought Wake would jump them. But there's still value on the Demon Deeks. You mentioned it, Josh. The road ahead for Wake Forest. A non-conference game in Chapel Hill this upcoming Saturday. And the Tar Heels laying two and a half points as the home favorites against Wake Forest right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. How do you approach that matchup between the Demon Deacons and the Tar Heels?
0: Run. Stay away. Just, Just stay away. I was at the game last year where Wake Forest scored 53 at Keenan Stadium and lost. Stay away from this game. North Carolina, they hung with Notre Dame last week in South Bend. They're going to be up for a top 10 team coming into their building. It sounds crazy to say, but Wake Forest, they're in uncharted territory, literally. They've been playing football for 133 years, and when the AP poll came out that had them number 10, that's the first time they've ever been ranked in the top 10. And... When Wake Forest started eight and 0, that's the first time they've ever won eight in a row in any stretch or started eight and 0 in a season. Obviously, so this and now college football playoff attention, senior day a week away with the ranked team coming in, I stay away from this game. It stinks to me. It stinks. Stay away.
1: Could I tempt you in an over of a total at 76 and a half if Wake scored 53 <laughs> last year and lost the football game?
0: It stinks. Stay away. Wake Forest, Virginia. <laughs> ben, what you're saying? It's good point. It's a good point you bring up. But I'll just bring up to you, Virginia. They can score quite a bit. When Wake Forest went to Charlottesville on a Friday night about uh, a month and a half ago, Wake Forest held the the Cavaliers to 17 points. Mm-hmm. And even though the Demon Deacons allowed 56 to Army a few weeks back, they nearly shut out Duke. It was reserves that were in that game that scored for Duke or uh, for Wake's defense that allowed Duke to score at the end. So I I do think there is a scenario where Wake's defense can show up and get some stops, which would keep me away from a number that's floating over 70. But I'm not saying your points are invalid.
1: Josh, so you made the case already for the Demon Deeks to have a path to the college football playoff unbeaten right now a perfect 8-0 5-0 in ACC play just 4-4 and against the spread but as the committee sees it ranked number ninth in the country right now so if they do beat North Carolina and NC State and Clemson and BC and win the ACC conference championship do you believe Wake Forest will be in the final four when those final rankings come out in early December
0: I do I think Wake Forest would be there just because they would climb over Cincinnati Right or wrong, the committee for the last seven years has told us how they feel about group of fives. Oregon, even if they win out, I get they have the win against Ohio State. Something just tells me, with the Pac-12 missing the last five years, the playoff, and the ACC, the only other conference to the SEC that has not missed the playoff since its inception in 2014 and sit two years are sent two teams to the league just last year or to the playoff, mm. I, don't, I don't think a one-loss Pac-12 team gets in over an unbeaten ACC champ. The only thing that might be stopping Wake Forest from getting in is unbeaten Oklahoma. Regardless of how bad Oklahoma has looked, they're getting the Clemson Tiger treatment from the last few years where they might not look so great, but that's still Oklahoma. That's still the Clemson Tigers they they are going to get the benefit of the doubt over Wake Forest. So if you're rooting for somebody to lose, that's the team that you need to lose. But I think the rest of it will take care of itself for Wake if they finish unbeaten.
1: The Sooner is still a perfect 9-0 straight up, but 4-5 and against the spread. I have had my doubts about Oklahoma. You can't tell me, Gary Barta, in the CFP selection committee, not looking at the numbers against the spread because I think that has been a factor. They also said it about Cincinnati barely beating Navy in Tulane the past two weeks as well. Quickly here, Josh, Wake Forest plays NC State next week. The Wolfpack laying two and a half on the road against Florida State this upcoming weekend, only about 30 seconds left. What do you make of that matchup?
0: That's my favorite bet of the weekend. Take Florida State. Florida State, they should have covered against Clemson last week. I think it's a look-ahead spot for the Pack. And as I mentioned, the Pack not so good on the road. I really think you got some value at Florida State at home here. That's, That's my favorite pick of the ACC this weekend.
1: So we run for the hills when it comes to North Carolina and Wake Forest, but we hammer the Seminoles. That's what Josh Graham is telling us right now, a radio host down in North Carolina for WSJS Sports Radio. Josh, as always, thank you very much for your ACC insight.
0: And Bachelorette Insight at Josh Graham Radio. Yeah,
1: of course. Of course, at Josh Graham Radio for everything under the sun with Josh Graham. We will be back on the morning after on the other side of the break with FanDuel's Tom Vecchio for some of the best prop plays across the market. That's next year on the grid. Welcome back to the morning after on Sportsgrid Sirius XM Channel 159, a new home on Sirius XM for Sports Grid radio and all across the Sports Grid network. I'm your host Ben Stevens. If we need a prop in any sport there is, Who do we call on not the Ghostbusters Tom Vecchio from FanDuel because he joins us now on this Wednesday edition of the morning after we brought Tom on initially for some NBA props throughout the postseason at least in my time hosting this show then it transitioned to Major League Baseball props strikeout props and mainly the home run prop King now baseball is over but Tom is here with us today to have three different props. In three different sports, the NBA, NHL, and already looking forward to Thursday night football tomorrow night in the NFL between the Colts and the Jets. Tom Vecchio, what don't you do?
3: Uh, what don't I do? That would be college football. Not not a big college okay. football guy, as you know. I know you're, I got you're big into it. But uh, it's just not my thing. I uh, you know college basketball also not really my thing. Uh, I stick with the, the major sports and uh, we go from there.
1: I can handle the college sports, Tom. So I guess you weren't watching the CFP rankings last night and didn't throw your phone into your couch while your roommate looked unconcerned after Alabama was posted at number two in the first rankings?
3: No, no, no. That certainly wasn't me. I saw that they were two, and I saw a lot of people saying, you know, apparently their losses just don't matter in terms of the rankings or whatever it might be. But I think we've all come to assume that this far for uh, for Alabama.
1: Never forget that the college football playoff is about money and eyeballs. If you keep Alabama at number two, you set the path for if they knock off Georgia to get in to the college football playoff. We all knew that, but the rankings must matter. All right, Tom, I digress. Enough of the CFP rankings. Let's focus on the prompts for tonight. We start on the hardwood. For the L.A. Clippers, a man that has had to do it all in the early going of this season. And Paul George, where are you looking at PG-13 in the prop market tonight?
3: That would be the over on his points, rebounds, assists combined. The line is sitting at 42 and a half right now. And as you said, he's had to do it all. And this Clippers team is off to uh, a rocky start this year. No Kawhi Leonard, uh, no Serge Ibaka for them. It's really the Paul George show. And outside of him, their offense like doesn't have a player that can like go get you a bucket when you need it. And... He's having to do it all, and that means 20 field goal attempts or more in five of the six games, 24 attempts or more in four of the six. He's averaging eight rebounds, four assists on the year. Love the matchup against Minnesota tonight. It's got a close one-point spread. It's like a 217 or 218 over-under, whatever it is. It's Paul George show. He can score 40 real points on any given night, and then just add in literally one or two rebounds, and we're good for the over. So love Paul George tonight. And then looking to the Bulls at plus 2.5, they're road underdogs against the 76ers I saw that line and I, I was legitimately shocked when I saw that line the 76ers we know they don't have Ben uh Ben Simmons right now he's away from the team uh, Tobias Harris has been ruled out Danny Green has been ruled out that means they're gonna be starting Joel Embiid who we could say is the best player in that game Tyrese Maxey Seth Curry Georges Niang and four can uh, cork mods as their starting lineup. The Bulls, who are looking great to start the season, are fully healthy. So Embiid is the best player on the court, but the next four best players are all with the Bulls. So then being two-and-a-half-point road underdogs just doesn't make sense to me.
1: Chicago six and one straight up this year six and one against the spread the second best cover margin in the association covering numbers by 6.3 points per game meanwhile Philly just four and three against the spread so Tom we are now entering our third week of this regular season in the NBA you mentioned Paul George are there a couple of other players so far in the early portion of this season you have been targeting in the prop market.
3: One would be Jonas Valanciunas, the center for the Pelicans. He's off to a great start this year. Double-doubles, I think in five straight games now. And they're not just like any old double-double. He's like putting up like 23 and 15 lines on a nightly basis. Uh, they play against night. They played last night against the Suns. They lost. Uh, the game hit the under by like one or two points, which was great. Uh, they played tonight against the Kings, who are a complete mess on defense, as we know. More importantly, Brandon Ingram could be out for a third straight game. So looking to Valanciunas. Uh, to record a double double is probably don't have good odds, but the over on his points and rebounds prop, prop would be a spot that I would look, especially if Ingram is ruled out again. Also looking to Jimmy Butler on most nights for points, rebound, assists combined, just because he does it all. Jimmy minutes uh, playing a ton for the Heat, obviously doing a little bit of everything. And then honestly, I've been siding with the under a little bit on Damian Lillard, his three point props, and really his points, rebound, assist prop. He's been off to a cold start this season. Whatever it might be, siding with the under is not something I normally do for Dane, but that's been pretty profitable to start the year.
1: Jimmy Butler, a team high 23 points for the Heat last night in another win, the sixth win of the year in seven games for the Miami Heat on the road last night against the Dallas Mavericks so you mentioned Tom that the Bulls number stood out to you getting two and a half on the road against the Sixers you brought a pop a prop with Paul George also mentions, mentioning some totals Where has your focus been mostly so far in the early going of this season in the association. It
3: would be mostly player props but I'm starting to side with a few more game unders because I saw that yesterday I think unders to start the season were like 62 and 39. Uh, you know, some new rules this year in terms of how how players get free throw or how they get fouls, which lead to free throws, which obviously impact the total. Uh, you know, a few changes like that is important to note early in the season as the refs are adjusting. They're not calling as many fouls. They're not getting as many free throws. The games are not getting extended, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the unders in games is a, a spot that I've actually been actually setting with more and more. Not something that I generally like to do, but if it's going to be profitable, I'm going to stick with it.
1: So from the hardwood to the ice, looking at a goal scorer prop in the prop market in the NHL. Tom, you know this pronunciation of the player you are going to mention, so I will not steal your shine. Who is the player, and what do you expect him to do tonight?
3: That would be Andrei Svechnikov for the Carolina Hurricanes. Plus 182 on the FanDuel Sportsbook to score a goal tonight. He's got seven goals in eight games to start the season. He's tied for the second most goals. In the league, and this matchup against Chicago could not be more lopsided. Uh, when we look to, you know, betting on NHL, and what I specifically look to, either goal score or shots on goals props, I look to a advanced NHL statistic called Corsi. And there's Corsi for and Corsi against. How many total shot attempts a team is allowing, and how many total shot attempts they're taking. And the Canes are one of the best teams in the league when it comes to generating shot attempts. And Chicago is at the other end in terms of how many shot attempts they're allowing. So this should be dominated by the Canes tonight. And we should see Shvechnikov putting up three, four, five shots on goal. He's on the second forward line. He's on the first power play. Plus 182 for arguably the second best or tied for the second best goals in the league right now. Goal score is a spot that I absolutely want to look. So I'm looking at Shvechnikov. I'm looking to the over on the shots prop. And I'm going to be stacking the Canes in DFS tonight.
1: Tom, if you want to put it on the record here on the morning after, on this Wednesday, November 3rd, you said Andre Svechnikov has a bright future ahead, comparing him to who in the National Hockey League?
3: That would be Alexander Ovechkin. I said that uh, pre-show, and I'm not saying Svechnikov is going to be a top you know, three or four goal scorer all time, but just his player profile and what he does for the team and the role that he plays, he can be compared to as a, a mini Alexander Ovechkin. So plenty of shots, plenty of goals coming from him. He's not going to end up with the third or fourth most goals all time, but he is that type of player.
1: Andrei Svechnikov for the Carolina Hurricanes. Remember the name, as Tom Vecchio says. And if you just remember one thing, plus 182 to score a goal tonight against the Chicago Blackhawks. Now transitioning to the third sport. We are going to discuss with Tom Vecchio, our Swiss Army Knife here from FanDuel on the morning after. The NFL gets underway in week number nine tomorrow night. Thursday night football, the Indianapolis Colts and the New York Jets. Indy lane, 10 and a 10.5 points as a big double-digit favorite against the Jets and Mike White on a Thursday night, but where are we looking in the prop market for this game, Tom?
3: Jonathan Taylor, the over on his rushing and receiving it's sitting at 102 right now, 102 and a half, I should say the over on that. Uh, I see this as a very straightforward game for the Colts. They're large home favorites. You know, a bit of a crazy game last week against the Titans. They end up losing. They kind of needed that game. I see this as very straightforward for them. Just take care of business. They're better than the Jets. Just beat them at home. And it should be, you know, what they do best. And that means a lot of Jonathan Taylor. The Jets right now are allowing the 12th most rushing yards to running backs. They're allowing the second most receiving yards to running backs specifically. It's a weak defense. Give the ball to Taylor, their best player. Win the game at home. You know, none of this crazy stuff that they had last week, a bit of a roller coaster. Win the game versus the Jets. Plenty of yards for Taylor. And ultimately making his fantasy owners pretty happy.
1: I think he would if he goes over this rushing plus receiving yards prop of over 100 yards plus what he could do tomorrow night on Thursday night football. You mentioned the spread there, 10 and a half. Any early leans in terms of betting against that number tomorrow night? Either taking the big dogs in the Jets. They were a 10 and a half point dog at home last week and won outright over Cincinnati or maybe laying the points with the home team tomorrow night in Indianapolis.
3: I have no interest in this game. I see this as a potential letdown spot for the Jets. If you told me the Colts win this game 28-10, to 10, I'm not going to be shocked. I, I don't think Mike Mike White's going to go out there and put up 400 yards again. Uh, I don't see this as a high-scoring game. I see this as very simple for the Colts. They have an okay defense. They can probably hold the Jets in check, uh, especially on a short week. I'm not expecting much from this game. The lines this week overall in the NFL, some of them are interesting. Uh, I think the... Uh, the six and a half, I think the dolphins are laying at home to the Texans. I think yep. it's a little bit much the saints at home, uh, giving are yeah, giving six points to the Falcons with now, uh, Taysom Hill starting at for the saints. I don't think the Falcons may win that game. I think the six is a lot. And then with the Panthers probably getting CMC back this week, I think, uh, if he's activated off IR, it could be a spot for them against the Patriots.
1: I like that. Some early look-aheads to this weekend in the NFL. Week number nine across the National Football League. Any players that you have targeted so far this season, Tom, that have led to success either in the prop market in the NFL or either from a DFS standpoint as well?
3: Uh, the prop market would be a lot with receivers, Keenan Allen, Tyreek Hill. He put up six receptions in the first quarter the other night. I think, you know, looking to some of the teams in passing game scripts and their receivers. And if they're at modest points in terms of the reception totals, I think those would be good four and a half, five and a half. I certainly like those. Once we push to six and a half, that can be a little bit much. You know, we saw Travis Kelsey have a very slow game the other night. Uh, Looking to some longer shots for any time touchdowns. I know some backups, depending on the injury situation for given teams. You know, like this week, looking to A.J. Brown as an time touchdown for the Titans probably isn't the best call with Derrick Henry out. Although he could score a touchdown, it's probably not the best spot to look in terms of value. So looking at some secondary players for their value, given the injury situation, and then generally receivers and their overs.
1: I love it, Tom Vecchio, who came on this show on a Wednesday in early November. We didn't talk college football, but that's fine. Actually, we did talk CFP rankings a little bit, but he gave you three different props In three different sports and a side in the NBA. Once again, a Paul George points plus rebounds and assist prop tonight for the Clippers against the T Wolves, the Bulls plus two and a half, Andre Svechnikov and anytime goal scorer prop for the Hurricanes against the Blackhawks, and then looking ahead to Thursday night football, Jonathan Taylor against the New York Jets. Tom Vecchio does it all for us here on the morning after. Tom Vecchio from FanDuel, you can follow all of his work that you need because he keeps you updated throughout the week in a variety of different sports across the landscape tom as always thank you so much for your time
3: thank you and before we close it out uh this uh this friday connor uh kyle connor the over on his shots prop for the jets versus the blackhawks and then thug rose in the ufc to win this weekend uh straight up or anytime win i think it's at plus two or 180 or plus 225 to win by knockout or, or tko
1: I love me a little Thug Rose. That UFC matchup, a big card in the garden coming up. More the morning after on the other side of the break. Let's have some fun facts, shall we?
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Right back here on the morning after on sports grid rounding out our second hour together on this wednesday morning you are listening on sirius xm channel 159 and all across the sports grid network i'm your host ben stevens we were going to do a fun fact but now an actual fact, we need to bring you and some breaking news here. Just a few moments ago, coming across your Twitter timeline, Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID-19. He will miss the Green Bay Packers game this upcoming Sunday afternoon against the Kansas City Chiefs. The Lions are now currently locked on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Earlier this morning, we discussed this very line for the Chiefs and Packers. The Chiefs were laying one point as the slight home favorite against the Green Bay Packers, who had won seven straight games, are seven and one against the spread, with the second-best ATS mark in all of the National Football League. But now, Aaron Rodgers will miss Sunday's contest against the Kansas City Chiefs. As it was being reported from Tom Pellicero of the NFL Network, Aaron Rodgers just told his teammates a few moments ago in Green Bay, as it stands right now, Jordan Love is set to get his first NFL start against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. On Sunday in Arrowhead as Tom Pellicero is further reporting right now. And you can see all these updates at Tom Pellicero on Twitter. The Packers practice squad quarterback, Kurt Benkert, tested positive earlier this week. Now the reigning NFL MVP, Aaron Rodgers, is positive too. The only healthy quarterback on the roster is Jordan Love, who is in the building today and set to start against the Chiefs. On Sunday, again, the breaking news reported by Tom Pellicero of NFL Network. Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID-19. He will miss this upcoming Sunday's matchup for the Packers against the Chiefs. The lines are now currently locked on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Earlier this morning, Kansas City laying one at home. The over-under total, 54 in a hook. When those lines come back up, we will give you the updated numbers to know where that movement has gone for the Packers and Chiefs contest on Sunday that Aaron Rodgers will now miss our number three of the morning after coming up on the other side of the break a great set of guests to keep you informed on everything you need to know stay with us here on the grid